Harmonia, the ancient word for the union of melody and harmony and the music of the spheres. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval, renaissance, and baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Harmonia begins an exploration of the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra's commissions inspired by the Brandenburg Concertos of J.S. Bach. Plus, a look at prominent countertenors from the 1990s, and Rolf Lislevan performs music of the Italian Renaissance in the featured recording Diminuto. Take a quick look back in time in the Harmonia time capsule. We spun the wheel and landed on 1685, a year of news and a year to remember. By far, the most controversial event in 1685 came from France. In March, Louis the 14th passed a decree known as the Code Noir or Black Code, which dictated how slavery was to be run in France's colonies. It required every colonist, free or otherwise, to be Catholic as well as ordering all Jews out. The sixty articles that make up the code are a shocking reminder of the harsh restrictions of French colonial life. In a related event from 1685, Louis the Fourteenth also issued the Edict of Fontainebleau, which officially declared Protestantism illegal. The new edict thereby forced thousands of Huguenots into permanent exile. In happier news, three of the late Baroque's most famous composers were born in 1685. You might recognize their names: George Frederick Handel, Johann Sebastian Bach, and Domenico Scarlatti. Their collective contributions to music are not only indescribable but priceless. Another auspicious birth took place as well, but this time in the literary world. English poet and dramatist John Gay was born in June. Gay is best remembered for having written the three-act ballad opera known as *The Beggar's Opera* in 1728. In Spanish news, distinguished composer and harpist Juan Hidalgo passed away in Madrid in 1685. He is considered the most influential composer in the Hispanic world, having written, among many things, the first Spanish opera. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1685. I'm Angela Mariani. More about King Louis the Fourteenth and other events, people, and music mentioned in this time capsule can be found in Harmonia's online shop at harmoniaearlymusic.org/shop.
Around the age of 36, Johann Sebastian Bach completed what are today known as the Brandenburg Concertos. In the score, he entitled them Six Concertos with Several Instruments, but they've been associated with their dedicatee, Christian Ludwig, Margrave of Brandenburg, since they were rediscovered in the middle of the 19th century. Oddly enough, scholars believe that they might have never been performed in Bach's day due to the pristine condition of Bach's manuscript. But one thing is certain. Since their rediscovery, the Brandenburg concertos have become one of Bach's most popular compositions and most often recorded. They've inspired generations of musicians and music lovers with their catchy tunes, spirited movements, and varied character. They've inspired modern composers as well. Not long ago, the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra initiated an ambitious project inspired by the Brandenburgs. Entitled The New Brandenburgs, the esteemed New York City-based ensemble commissioned six internationally recognized composers to write a companion piece for a particular concerto. American composer Aaron J. Kernis was given concerto number six. In his program notes, Kernis explains the motivation for the piece he wrote and entitled Concerto with Echoes. Quote, the essential element in Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 6 that inspired Concerto with Echoes comes from the very first measure, the opening passage with two spiraling solo violas like identical twins following each other breathlessly through a hall of mirrors.
Music of Aaron J. Kernis, inspired by Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 6. The first movement of Concerto with Echoes was performed live by the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, recorded and produced by WQXR, New York Public Radio. Before that, we heard the New London Consort in the first movement of Bach's Sixth Brandenburg, directed by Philip Pickett. Hundreds of archived episodes, videos, podcasts, and much more can be found online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Welcome back to Harmonia. We've been exploring the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra's recent commissions known as the New Brandenburgs, inspired by Bach's Brandenburg Concertos. Another internationally recognized American composer, approached and paired with one of Bach's concertos, was Christopher Theophanidis, who tackled the third concerto, which was originally scored for string orchestra. Not only did he retain Bach's own scoring, but added a more present and independent harpsichord part. Entitled Muse, Theophanidis describes his understanding of the original concerto next to his own. Quote, I was given the third Brandenburg concerto instrumentation, which is for strings and harpsichord, though the strings are not divided in the standard orchestral division of five parts, but rather in ten. Theophanidis went on to explain that although Bach thickened each of the principal lines, quote, using a broader paintbrush for each of the parts of the counterpoint, he achieved a light and transparent sound, which Theophanidis moved toward in his own treatment of the piece.
Music of Christopher Theophanidis, inspired by Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 3. The first movement of Muse was performed live by the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, recorded and produced by WQXR, New York Public Radio. Before that, we heard Musica Antiqua Köln perform the first movement of Bach's third Brandenburg, under the direction of Reinhard Goebel. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, publisher of Early Music America magazine, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Welcome back to Harmonia. We've been exploring the new Brandenburgs with the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra. Up next, we return to a subject from a previous episode, namely that of the countertenor voice in recording. Having looked at countertenors from the 1960s through the 1980s, we now move on to the 1990s. Perhaps the most promising and frequently recorded countertenor in the 1990s was Andreas Scholl. 
Originally from Germany, Scholl was a protege of the famed Belgian conductor René Jacobs, a countertenor himself. And while Scholl is quite famous today, his career actually began in the 90s by taking part in iconic recordings such as Antonio Caldara's Oratorio Maddalena ai Piedi di Cristo, Mary Magdalene at the Foot of the Cross.
Andreas Scholl performed an aria from Caldara's Madalena ai Piedi di Cristo, Mary Magdalene at the Foot of the Cross. René Jacobs directed the Basel Scola Cantorum. Another prominent countertenor during the 1990s was Yoshikazu Mira, who is best known as a soloist in the Bach Collegium Japan's endeavor to record all of J.S. Bach's cantatas. Yet he's also known as an interpreter of early Italian Baroque song. Cenere, questo sole, il 
Countertenor Yoshikazu Mira and El Basso Concitato perform Claudio Monteverdi's Voglio di Vita Uscir. British countertenor Robin Blaze also came to prominence in the 1990s, especially with English and German repertoire. Like Andrea Scholl, Blaze also worked under Rene Jacobs, who in 1998 asked Blaze to take on the role of Cupid in John Blow's mask Venus and Adonis. Robin Blaze sang the role of Cupid in John Blow's Venus and Adonis. Rene Jacobs directed the Orchestra of the Age of Enlightenment.
You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia. Our featured release is an ECM recording led by Norwegian lutenist Rolf Lislevand. As he has done in the past, Lislevand explores and redefines the early repertoire by creating novel crossover works that retain a perspective that is both of the past and of the present. Entitled Diminutio, the recording focuses on a number of Renaissance hits such as Petit Jacquet. Thank you. 
Rolf Lislevan was a soloist and director in Giovanni Terzi's Petit Jacquet and Diego Ortiz's Quinta Pars from a featured ECM label release entitled Diminutio. Each week we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. We're on iTunes or you can visit harmoniaearlymusic.org. Support for Harmonia comes in part from the Crystal DeHaan Family Foundation, serving organizations in central Indiana and recognizing the children and families of Crystal House International. Much of the music you hear on Harmonia, as well as books and early music gift items, are available online at harmoniaearlymusic.org slash shop. Items purchased through links on our website also support the production of this program. The writer for this edition of Harmonia was Bernard Gordillo. Thanks to our studio engineer Mike Pashkash and our staff, Carrie Boyce, David Wood, Luann Johnson, and Scott Witzke. Additional technical support comes from KOHM at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. A special thanks to the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra and WQXR, New York Public Radio. Listeners who enjoy Harmonia may also enjoy WFIU's Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz Podcast, available for download at WFIU.org with a click on the podcast button. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Christina Kuzmich is our executive producer, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. Harmonia.